And welcome to Pish Talk. Um, this is a special episode. I've got a particular topic that I want to discuss with Dave. But before we do, I want to give a shout to the patrons. I'm talking Ian Downey, Kirsty Belly, Chris McCulloch, Gordon Brown, Ben Wackett, Adam Wilson, great people. The great American people. Mark Leslie, Joe's mom, Brian Smith, Daniel Betancourt, Jamie Flood, James Pointer. Will Ed with David McCarthy, great people, all great people, fantastic people. Ross Wilson, Jordan Schofield, Barry Carruthers, James Weiss, David Thornton, great people, great people. I'm losing it a little bit, man. I've not been practicing it. I'm upset with myself. I mean, it's not like there's not been enough content of him saying ridiculous things on television for you to pull from. That's true. That's true. But, dude, I got so... so I, th- I think we're live on Twitch. I mean, I think we're live on Twitch. If if you're with us on Twitch, give us a shout out, please, because I need to know. Because I'm about to, I'm about to go deep into a topic I mean, for here. God's sake! Let us I mean, I mean, come on! I mean, come on! There's right. another one as well. Old Boris, man. Oh They've god! Been doing their well, thing, aren't they? Well, <laughs> both of them are going to have to wait their turn because there are more pressing issues right now, Dave. There are more pressing issues, um, and. So I'm just going to tell. I'm just going to get right into it. So, I basically I've prepped Dave with a few things. I told him first of all, he's going to have to tail back the c words. He said he's going to work with me on that. He said he, he came to the negotiating table. He was like, Joe, listen, the c words. I, I've known you for a long time. For you, I can do that. But the f words, you know, you want results, Joe. You want results. You know, I'm basically McGarnagal from The Simpsons, where I'm just, you know. I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can. So listening I'm- live, we've got uh, it's Laura. We've got Jenny Bunny. We've got Rich Rich Baker. We've got Rich Baker. It's Laura, Jenny Bunny. I, I'm losing my... I need to practice it. But okay, let me get into it. So if you're a listener of the podcast, you will remember there was an episode where I very nearly fell for the most ridiculous scam of all time. Oh, God. Oh, God. You will remember that through mind trickery, three days of mental destruction, breaking me down, calling me at all hours in the morning, they were using sources of people that actually exist in my life. They found out everything about me, used the information against me, and convinced me that I was going to have a... (laughs) potentially was going to be put forward for a role in a major DC film. And for a large part of it, my ego was so out of control, I thought this might actually be possible. And then it turned a little sour. It turned a little sour. Um, and I'm, I'm laughing about it now, but it was not so funny when it was happening. It was horrible. We, we basically went to, uh, you're not going to believe this, Joe, but for your contributions to pro wrestling so far, we actually went to put a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, you mate. Well, like... Believe it, eh? but like, that's what we want to do, mate. That sounds that sounds like my life. That's just what ha- happens to me. Eh? So that sounds like something that could happen to me. Eh? If you want fully caught up on that, go listen to the podcast called Auditioning for the Nightwing movie. It's got all the details in there. Now, though, they were pros. Okay, they have they Chael Sonnen did a video about it. They got Chael Sonnen right. There's another. I'm talking. If if you, the top eight biggest stars ever in wrestling they got they got one of them i can't say who it is because this is literally like an fbi investigation this whole thing that was going on with these scams and stuff like that people have been done out of thousands of pounds and luckily 
I long story short, I got out of it before it kind of got to a ridiculous before it got to crazy levels that the others have discussed on their podcasts and stuff. Basically, because I'm so cheap, I demanded my expenses up front. They weren't having any of it. <laughs> but it's a long story. It's a long story. So go listen to that podcast. However, they pro were wrestling. Pro What's that? Pro wrestling that taught you that because that's what you have it to do. Is. Pro wrestling. You, you gotta, gotta get your expenses. Yeah. So expenses. They were professionals, Dave. They were like, they knew everything about me, all the research, everything. This person who's emailed me, not so much. So I don't know what happens if now I'm just on some sort of sucker list. I don't know what's going on, Dave. I wonder if you could tie it back to one thing that you signed up for, like one email list or something you signed up for, and they're like, we've got them. They've well, sold your information to all these shady people. I'm going to read you this email, and... Oh. I'm going to leave out some names because if this person is claiming to be someone, I don't want to implicate that person. You know what I mean? Then oh, that could... Hello, friend, or hello, mister, or hello, no. Joe Hendry. Wait for it, wait for it. Okay. So, hi, Joe. This is a serious inquiry, as I'm sure in the land of internet that you deal with a bunch of BS. <laughs> Interesting start. We are currently working on an independent film, which in said film has a wrestling scene. My production partner and I worked with a major studio prior to going out on our own to do our own independent projects, both in TV and now in film. I attached my IMDB link to further establish serious and real here. Moreover, oh <laughs> moreover, not to waste your time with empty promises, we are fully funded and already in pre-production with said project. However, okay. things... Things will now be delayed well in the year, late summer, early fall, given the current health crisis the nation is faced with. Also, please find attached here in my IMDb page with a complete and detailed list of my credits that I've previously worked on. And it links me to some, someone on IMDb, could be a real person, maybe not, I, I don't know. They could be posing as this person, this could just be a not real person, I don't know. Worked on the Titanic as... <laughs> Thunder. Dude, it's <laughs> it's almost as bad as that. It's like, mate, I was the iceberg on Titanic, eh? Like, <laughs> mate, I basically was. I, I watched as they filmed Titanic. Like that's what I did, eh? Like, mate, I watched as they filmed the movie. See, I've got the wrestler's brain, mate. That's the thing. Like, I was on the set of Titanic, and I was like, Kim, what that iceberg needs to date that boat. Just a Stan Hansen lariat, mate. That's it. Mate. No selling properly, mate. Get out of the road, I'll do it. He's no selling it. <laughs> so I'll continue on. We are filming this entire indie film in California and Scotland as we have tax incentives to film in California as well as Scotland with the film commissions of each venue and that reduces the overall budget then of full production. Well, that makes sense. That Right? What What are the odds? Little so old me in Scotland. So far, I'm not... I'm, it immediately doesn't look... Like, it, it's definitely weird, but we could chalk up... For, so far, you could chalk it up to perhaps their first language isn't English, so they're kind of translating it, and so it's come out sounding a little bit, like, different on the media bill. Dave, so that, it gets a lot worse. So I'm just saying, so far, yeah. it doesn't seem like an immediate scam. Okay. So far. Wait for this. 
We would be giving you personally a credit right and visible exposure in said scene, as well as full compensation for filming said scene. Moreover, said wrestler will then qualify for SAG and AFTRA memberships since speaking lines in the scene, which we will fully sponsor and pay for. I will give you a brief synopsis of the wrestling scene itself. And this is where, this is, we're going to have a laugh with this. I can tell we're going to have a laugh with this. What you do, Joe, is we basically want you to take three <laughs> destroy off a top rope, get up, then you sell it. And it take two super kicks to the pus, and then you basically just fire back with a double lariat to win the match. Dave, it's 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 along those lines. So, oh. in this film, there is a scene where one of the characters, off-duty police officer, who is a secondary character, is with one of the main characters in said film, another police officer, and they are off duty and walking by a training facility and hear all this noise inside and pop in. The secondary character is an arrogant pompous, obnoxious asshole whose mouth is always getting him in trouble. As they enter inside, they see wrestlers in the ring, looking like professional wrestlers in wrestling gear, not looking like backyard wrestlers. Training school looks like backyard wrestlers, because that's what you train in. You don't train in, like, trunks and pro boots. (laughs) Do you know what my... certain jeans like the difference between backyarders and pro wrestlers is backyarders don't get the memo that they need to wear gear backyarders are like wrestle in my training gear so my favorite part is backyard is in capital letters so looking like professional wrestlers in wrestling gear not looking like backyard wrestlers backyard scumbag (laughs) working matches in the ring the secondary character laughs out loud and yells fake ass beep it's the S word. Look at these clowns, etc., etc., etc. To which one of the wrestlers in the ring yells out to him, What did you just say, punk? Is he played by Steven Seagal? This Steven Seagal movie. I tell you what, if it is, I'm in. If it's Steven Seagal, if they say Steven Seagal right now, I'm taking the chance, man. Dude, have you ever seen a Steven Seagal movie? I have. Of course I have, man. I used to watch them when I was a kid. Seagal movie. He's just like, what did you say, punk? <laughs> yeah. And then they use very elaborate camera techniques to make it look as if Steven Seagal's moving a lot when he's kind of just going like... Yeah. I know, and I know. So much stuff. So, here we go. The secondary character repeats himself again. Said wrestler then says, If you think it's so fake, big man, why don't you step in the squared circle with us now? Said character foolishly... So- What's that? If you think- I'm doing. I, I'm in my mind. Steven Seagal plays this character, so it's just like, if you think it's so fake, then big man, why don't you step into the squared circle with me? <laughs> Said character foolishly doesn't accept the invite to the ring as he laughs and shakes his head as his partner slash friend tells him not to get in the ring with these guys, but his arrogant, pompous attitude does not allow him. Therefore, he steps up to the ring apron and leans down to go through the ropes and boom, he is blindsided by said wrestler. And then said wrestler puts him through a clinic for calling wrestling fake and keeps asking him throughout, you still think wrestling is fake, punk, etc, etc, etc. You still think wrestling is fake, punk? Etc, etc, etc. It says also, we would want wrestler to ad-lib and say what comes natural without sounding scripted or fake, so not going to give them exact lines to say when talking smack in the ring towards said character. In addition, we will, in capital letters by the way, not paint your industry in any bad light as we have the utmost respect for our own industry 
and not want, would not want it tainted by anyone, and we surely will not taint the wrestling industry in any way. We have one of the associate producers who worked on the wrestler film starring Mickey Rourke assisting us in the production of this wrestling scene as an associate producer on said project. Thus, same style of wrestling they used in that film throughout, which did capital letters NOT look Hollywood, is exactly style we want in this scene with more of the Japanese style of professional wrestling that looks believable and real to viewers. So they want Japanese style wrestling, but they got a Scottish guy. That's what they're they're like. Ah, right, okay, mate. Because I've seen the film The Wrestler, and I don't seem to remember Bullet Club or Kenta coming down and just giving it strong style in front of everybody. I don't remember that scene. Well, you don't remember the scene where, like, basically it's it's like Mickey Rourke's in the ring, and then Prince Devapure runs down, gives him the coup de grace, and is just like, <laughs> "I'm a real shooter." You don't remember that scene? I, I, that must have been in the deleted scenes. That must have been in the deleted uh, scenes. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I saw a director's cut, I don't know. So here we go. We would need about 15 to 20 minutes of in-ring action to allow us to have enough footage to then edit best stuff in and down to a smaller number of minutes for the final edited version of said scene. Thus, the clinic said wrestler puts said character through has to be at least 15 minutes and can be action both inside ring and taking him outside ring at times. And then can also milk some time with leaving submissions on and working them, working other holds, power moves. Said character will only get meaningless gut punches when struggling to get up on the canvas and maybe some small other stuff, but always cut off immediately. Then about midway through until the end, your finisher, he gets nothing except wrestler putting said character through a long clinic to make him pay for calling the sport capital letters fake. So it's basically just a Goldberg match, but 15 minutes long, and well, that's what they want. There's a couple more paragraphs, this is it. So, if interested, I can provide you with a direct phone number to contact me to discuss. Again, this is a serious inquiry. The time frame of everything will now be dependent on how long this current health crisis plays out with social distancing, etc. As all of us are currently adhering to requirements working from home. I look forward to hearing from you either way if interested or not interested, Joe. Thank you for your time. Now, what I will say is the person has given a name, which I assume to be a fake name. Um, it's a very random gmail and they don't have a name it's just a letter it's just the letter of their first name is their name on gmail so a lot of thought put into this a lot of thought Uh, Uh, in fairness in fairness i used to only just have my first uh, initial on gmail for a while really yeah i don't know why it was weird i just i was like no that's what professionals do that's what you do do you know now this is the thing is do you know what'd be so funny if this was, it'd be so funny if this was a real inquiry, and it was like, Joe, we wanted you in the new DC film, eh? But you just pure took the piss out on your podcast, eh? Dude, I'll phone it. I'll phone it, and I'll be like, I'll do it. <laughs> well, this is what I was thinking. I, we can either do the right thing, which is to ignore this, or I can email back and go, look, we've had a hard time with this stuff. People have tried. Fake people have called me before, so this is really going to need to go through my agent, Dave Conrad. And then, yeah. and then what if what if uh, like so you speak to them right and it's like listen right about this dialogue right and about right Joe Hendry is no going to take your gut punches he's just no day in it he demands he wants it written into the contract that he has to hit the hoe train in that match what what will they 
<laughs> like the guy's like, nah, nah, Joe, it's essential that you take some gut punches. It's like, look, we'll negotiate two gut punches. <laughs> All right, name it. <laughs> what would be the most ridiculous things that we could say? That like, you would negotiate. yeah, like what would the demands be? Like, it would be like a Ganzo bomb because that's like too obvious. I think it would be something that's like just a ridiculous move. Like, say he wants to hit three people's elbows. He wants to hit three people's elbows and the worm. Yeah, we want it in the contract that he basically gets a chance to hit every move in WWF SmackDown 2 that requires <laughs> lots of movement but doesn't have a massively over-the-top payoff. You know, the worm, the people's elbow, that sort of stuff. And so th- there's another thing that Joel wants and he demands. After he hits a move, he just turns around to... The- like, do you remember the mask? Yeah. You know how Jim Carrey would go, SMOKING! Like, that's what Joe Hendry wants today. He just wants to say that after every move. <laughs> nah, what Joe wants to do is he actually wants to announce the name of every move he's about to do like a Pokemon right before he does them. Every move. So every time he throws a punch, he's going to go, PUNCH! PUNCH! And then you have to negotiate it that in the next WWE game, he'll have his own style of punches. The same way that like Triple H has Triple H punches and The Rock has Rock punches, Joe Hendry wants Hendry punches. Yeah, and that is backhands. It's just backhands. Imagine if I did that. Imagine if I just showed up to Ring of Honor and I was like, right, everybody needs unique punches, eh? So I'm doing backhands only. Who was it that used to do that? (laughs) Dude, don't give me ideas. I'm I'm thinking about it. Was it not? Was was it not a... Oh, it was like Human Tornado or something. What was that video where he like backhands everybody and they just they take like major bump off it? He literally just goes up and he just goes like, and they just go and take like spinning three sixty. I can't remember what that was. So, Dave, I want to know if you if you were to call these people on my behalf, what type of lines are you going to negotiate? What what are we going to do here? Because I'm not sure about what did you just say, Punk? Like. Well, yeah, I, my first thought is going to be, that's not what I would say. In a nah. real situation like that, I'd be like, mate, I'm going to I'm gonna pump you so bad, your mouth feel it, and stuff like that. You know, like <laughs> real trap. You know, from, from you know, because let's be honest, Joe, you're, fr- you're, you're from the mean streets of Edinburgh. That's you, you, the, the mean streets. Well, right now, you're living in the mean streets of Coat Bridge. And in Coat Bridge, they didn't talk like that. You know, they didn't talk like that. Well, see, what I'm thinking is, Dave, like, let's say if we were to stream a Skype call between you and this person, right? Let, you know, obviously, you know, we're, hey, we're just, we're just, you remember that CM Punk Stone Cold promo where they're just like, but hey, it's all just speculation. It's all just speculation. It's just video games. Yeah, it's just video games. This is just Skype calls. It's just speculation. But let's say we, we were to record this and this conversation between you and this person, right? What what would be the funniest thing to say? I, I almost feel like you'd have to be like, no, 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 listen, Joe says he is only going to do this film if. What is the most ludicrous things we can put in? Joe, can only, Joe will only be doing this film if he is allowed to make a full entrance doing the Vince McMahon walk the whole way. I don't think that's yeah. going to be that great an idea for, for, you know, for me to do that. No, I think you're going to have to be a better agent than that, Dave. Okay, You're on the okay. right lines. You're on the, the right lines. All right. Joe can only do this movie 
if he's allowed to, if he is, uh, they have to get a stunt guy in, obviously. They have to get a stunt guy in. What obviously. if you tell them? What if you tell them, listen, look, right, between us, look, this is on the DL. I didn't want this getting out of here, but look, Joe's, <clears throat> he's going to need a little while to get into shape, but just in case. We've got him a giant Gonzalez costume. Just in case he's no looking the part, he can wear that. Eh? Is that all right? What we need to do is Joe basically... You know, Joe's not in, in the greatest shape right now, so what we need to do is we need to get Dave Batista to be the stunt double, and you need to film it in such a way that when he's got like close-up <laughs> body shots, it's just Batista's body with Joe's head. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Like, I want something that's like just completely arbitrary. Like, like going. Look, Triple H has got the sledgehammer. Stone Cold's got the beer. Jeff Jarrett's got the guitar. Joe Hendry wants to come in that ring and just pat someone on the dome with a carrot. That's his new thing. What Joe needs to do is he needs to come down. He needs to come down to the ring and he, the, the finish to the match will be Joe Hendry backslapping the guy in the face with our original salted pepperoni. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Oh, do you know be- what? That'd be great if you say, listen, guys, here's the thing. Joe's got a sponsorship with Pepperami. So if he's in, Pepperami's in. They come together. You know what I mean? They cannot. You cannot have Joe without Pepperami's. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what it's going to be. And there'll be limited edition uh, Pepper Ami packaging that's going to have the movie advertised on it like later on. <laughs> Jenny's got a good suggestion. She's like, right, guys, can you can you do this? Like, Joe's not the greatest of shape right now. Have you got this? Can the CGI department give him some abs? <laughs> can they give him the... Do you remember in Step Brothers when... Uh, What's-his-face's brother... Dale's brother uh, lifts up his shirt and he's got the CGI abs. And he's like, look at my abs! He's, <laughs> he's got these CGI abs. <coughs> That's basically what it's going to be. You're going to have to get CGI abs. Yeah. Uh, what else do you need as well? I think uh, Joe will be... Joe has to be provided with special boots that give him a four-inch lift yeah. in each shoe. So he's basically going to be like 6'6 six, six, uh, in the movie. So he's taller than everybody else. Uh, what else as well yeah all the other cast members have to be under 185 pounds so that yep. Joe looks next to them <laughs> uh, they all have to be like they, uh, they all have to be in uh, slightly below average shape as well because we want to make it realistic but also make it clear that Joe is clearly the alpha dog of this of this place. So he'll be referred to only. He'll answer only to alpha dog. Like in the scenes, he'll answer to Joe. But once that, when the cameras are not rolling, he will not respond to Joe. Yeah, it's alpha dog Joe. That's what it's going to be. And if you and if it's not, if you call him Joe without alpha dog being uh, before it, then he doesn't answer. Basically, yeah. And that's what I think it has to be. Uh, what it'll also be is Joe is willing to take moves. He is willing to take bumps, but it will be twenty grand per bump. Or you could say like the only bumps that he will take is a gorilla press slam. That's it. So what basically what that means is you have to hire only actors that are under one hundred ninety pounds in average. Show. <laughs> gorilla press Joe, who is two hundred and thirty pounds. Yes. Yeah, so say, could you can you find? an 190 pound or less person who can gorilla press joe um and they have to be 
they have to be over 40 to they make Joe look young. Wear, the trunks they have to wear are also those weird, uh, odd, like, skin-colored trunks that yep. uh, Damien Sandow wore in NWA. That's basically what they have to wear. Yeah. So that from a distance, it looks like they're naked, but they're not really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. Do you know, it would be it would be just my luck that I've been so jaded by Hollywood and stardom that this was a real thing. And I'm like, way. Joe, I'm not going to lie. It doesn't sound overly fake. I don't know. In the comments, what do you think? It doesn't sound overly thick. I was really expecting you to be like, I'll tell you where I thought it was going. I thought it was going like these weird directions that we've all had these emails uh, in the professional wrestling scene. uh, And it's weird uh, emails asking you to do, you know, uh, odd role playing type things uh, that, you know, maybe are not (laughs) in in the realm of what I would like to do in my extracurricular time. Uh, we've all had those emails and they subsequently get ignored. Um, well, let me let me tell you why. I'll give you one reason why I think it's fake. So well, I, I've, thought, I thought it was going to be a wrestling porno film or something. The way you oh, were going. no. Well, I've just, clicked, I've just clicked on their supposed IMDb page and this person has won three primetime Emmys. Does that email sound like someone who's won three Emmys? What has he won Emmys for? That's um, why <laughs> Undercover Boss. What? Oh, that's like a recent show. 2010. What did he? Okay, what did he? What did they do on that show? I can't. I can't give any more. I can't give any more than that. Um. I mean, it's not. Is it out the realm? Is it out of the realm? Not. Not really. I mean, it could be an Emmy for like worst screen effects or something. You know, it could be a negative Emmy. No, outstanding structured reality program. An outstanding reality program. Ah, but hold on, that's an Emmy for the show, not necessarily for that individual person, right? Actually, that's true. That's true. So they could have, like I said, they literally could have been the tea guy. They could have been like, right, go to Greg's. Here, Barry, away go to Greg's and get everybody a steak, bacon, or sausage roll, right? He could have been that guy, and but he's technically in the credits. He's technically part of the show, so he's technically an Emmy award winner. Even though he did, Man. he just went things every once in a while. You're making me doubt myself now. I mean, it's not out of the realm. I'm not going to lie. It definitely doesn't sound as fake as I thought it was going to sound. I thought when you were imagine, like, imagine it was actually real. But again, this is just because someone literally tried to scam me in the exact true, same way. I'm, I'm jaded. Or jaded. You're the guy from like the romantic comedy movie that's like no. I got married once and I'll never do it again. And this is basically the new woman in your life coming in who's like, but I love you. And you're like, no, that doesn't happen. I've, eh? I've been hurt before. In Steven Seagal voice, she's like, I've been hurt before. So now I just fight. There's, I'll tell you, the. I think it's a wrestling fan. I think it's a, a, a teenage wrestling fan. I mean, they might be shooting a movie. They might actually be fucked. Well, the difference between... Well, they won three Emmys in 2010. Well, I mean... I mean, come on. Uh, that's true. I will give you that. But <laughs> they could be shooting a movie, but there is a huge difference between shooting a movie uh, with professional-grade cameras uh, on a proper set uh, with a, a budget above, you know, above a £1,000 
uh, and then someone shooting a movie on their iPhone 7. Like, you know, th- there's a big difference. I think like, it's just that, well, it's the amount of times that they've said, this is a serious inquiry. And the amount of times they say said wrestler, the grammar's they, just all over the place. They might have listened to your podcast and they're, they're like, no, nah, Joe's been burned before. We need to assure him that this is legit. Maybe they're overcorrecting Dave, because stop it. You're, 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 you're playing mind games with me right now. Dude, I, I feel like we're not giving this guy a chance. I feel like he's shooting for the stars and we're, and we're, we're, we're screwing him over. We're like, no, man. No, we're cynical, man. We're, 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 we're jaded and bitter, man. It's not happening, bro. All right, in like- the chat, in the chat, let's say that the men came. You know what happened? You know what that means? If the men came, gun to your head, and you go, right, is that a real or fake email? Go on, people, tell us. Tell us your thoughts. I, I'm convinced that's fake. No, no, I think it's, I think it's real, but... You think I it's think, real? I think it's real, but I don't think they're actually shooting a movie. You right? think they've got an idea to make a movie? They've mentioned The Wrestler. I don't think they're going to be shooting an Oscar-winning movie. I believe it's perhaps they're shooting a short film in which they would like to have Joe Hendry present. <laughs> that, that they're filming between California and Scotland. Well, you know. I mean, come on. You know, it's, it's, you need range, right? You need you, you need the range. Uh, that that's what you do, right? Um, young film actors coming up and stuff. You know, you you got to do what you got to do. Uh, okay, I, I so it's, it's the way they've said submissions, working other holds, power moves. It's like when they say cut him off when they're like putting on a wrestling clinic. There's there's wrestling terminology. That to me, that's the type of stuff I said when I was fifteen. You know what I mean? That's true, but we do know there are a bunch of fans who read the Wikipedia glossary of professional wrestling terms <laughs> that... and still use it to this day on places like Reddit to try and be like, nah mate, I care about the business, eh? Like Mate, it was it was Dan Power moves, eh? Mate, he has got a methodical style, mate, I'm telling you. <laughs> nah, mate, I'm, I'm telling you, mate, he, <clears throat> he's been playing possum this whole time. Dude, imagine. That would almost be worth the story if this was like a real film and it was like, Joe, it was actually, it was actually the new Spider-Man movie and we wanted, I mean, we wanted you in it. Seen in one of those. That's true. That's why I used it. Well, that's the kind of that's the story, isn't it? Isn't that how you? Oh got no, the- Jenny says I think it's a real person meaning well, but isn't quite as professional as they think they are, are making out to be. But then, if that's the case, why is this person posing as someone on IMDb? That's when I go, okay, let's take the meaning well out of it. That's what kind of what I feel. What's the other Emmy that they have? It is interesting when you go into the Emmys. It is just those shows. But this person claims to have worked on on many shows. I'm just I, I can't even. I feel silly for even having this discussion. I, I almost feel like we should we should we should go in and be like, let's talk numbers. Let's, let's talk yeah. Numbers. Let's talk numbers. Let's talk, talk the Benjamins. You know, are you? Is this going to be? You're getting transported from your home to the set in a private a private car, or is it going to be Megabus? You know, like let's talk terms of the contract here see now here's the thing i i think 
Like, I thought it was being scammed again. So, yeah, it probably... Like, so you're saying... I think Jenny makes a good point. She's saying it could be someone that means well, but they're not as professional. But if that's the case, why are they saying, here's my IMDb page with these credits, and then, oh, we've got this associate producer from The Wrestler, you know? Did they name the associate producer from The Wrestler? They did not. So it could have been Big Gary that did the catering. He produced the catering. You name them. That doesn't make sense. Because surely if you're trying to put it over, you're like, well, it's this guy from The Wrestler. I don't know. I, um, my full IMDb he, page with a complete and detailed list of my... Pre- See, now I just feel like an asshole. If, if it's someone that's mean and well, and I'm like, oh, what an idiot. I really hope that that is the case. I really hope that that's... Well, then I'll happen. just feel bad. I Good, I hope so, because that's what you get for being jaded and bitter like me. I can't take that uh, anxiousness in my life. I'll worry about that no, for a long time. I, definitely think it's, I think it's real, but really? I genuinely... I do, but I think it's definitely not for a proper film. I think it's genuinely like, nah, mate, I'm shooting a, a, a high school project, and you know what would be sound if Joe Hendry showed up? Or it's like a bet amongst their pals where they're like, I love wrestling, in. it's like, mate, I'm telling you now, I'll get Joe Hendry to show up, in. It's like, no, you'll know. It's like, mate, I'm telling you now, I'm telling you now, mate. I will, honest to God, I will suck your bob if you can get dude, Joe Hendry. Dude, you can't say that on the podcast. What then? You can't. You can't. As well. What's that? How can I not say that? You're right. gonna have to get rid of. You're gonna have to get rid of SMB. Oh God, man! Really? We're but, really PGing up now, huh? We are. <laughs> I'm saying, you're allowed to use the F word. I've all I've asked is the, the C word. And that. what's that? How can I say the F word but not what I just said? SMB. Truly, it's the it intent. Just say SMB. Oh, God. God, I better look it up, because when you start using acronyms, it's like it can mean something else, so like I always have to look it up. I'm thinking of right now. I'm thinking of like... Oh, no, it's a what? server message block, so that's not too bad. That's not oh, too okay. bad. Yeah, just just use SMB from now on. We're really PGing it up now, huh? Jeez, Super oh. Mario Bros. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's what it is. Super Smash Bros. No, that's SSB, isn't it? Uh. So Leroy says he's come to the podcast late. What has he missed? Well, basically what you've missed, Leroy, is I, I thought someone was trying to scam me again, but we're now thinking it's someone who actually might be trying to make a project, so now I feel like a complete douchebag for making fun of it. But this is just my way of, of, of dealing with it, because actually last time, if you listen to the whole Nightwing podcast, it actually really sucked. It was horrible. So I was just kind of like, ah, someone's trying to get me again. And the only reason I said that is because it's all this, oh, we'll get you this membership and that membership, and here's a... Well, it does say, one of our associate producers, Evan, was scouring footage of independent wrestlers to possibly use in said scene from Scotland. And the footage of you... Well, I'm not an independent wrestler, so that's the end of that. So that's it over. That's so it. So they need an independent wrestler, so we need to get... We'll I can't think of any. Can't think of any. Yeah, you're not an independent wrestler anymore. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. There's no other independent Scottish wrestlers that come to mind that I know. You're no on the <laughs> Indies anymore, mate. Mate, the Indies are where it's at, mate. Give peace, mate. Indies are where it's at. <laughs> oh man, that's. I really hope it's. I really hope it is real, and I hope the person's watching this right now, and they're just crying, and they're just like, "Who's a dick?" Now I feel bad. Stop. Stop. Now I feel bad. <laughs> No, I, I, I think it's, I think it's real, but I think it's someone pushing their luck. I think it's definitely someone like, well, how are we going to convince him? 
Like, you know what it's like? I think, you know what I think it is? I think it's like those, you ever got those? Again, you've probably got them on like, uh, you ever have those emails you get where it's like, hi there, Joe, we were going through your Instagram, Joe Hendry, and we saw, we just liked your style. We'd like to offer you a collaboration of this. <laughs> a free watch. You know, you ever had those? No, I've never had that. And again, Dave, wouldn't that be funny if you were like, ah, get away, mate, to whoever it was. But then they were like, oh, we really wanted Dave Conrad to do the next like Air Jordan. Nike were just ready and ready to go. Oh, no, they're real. They are real, definitely. But they're just like scam things where they're like, oh, you basically have to, they're like, because I remember I, I did actually explore one of them once. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So what do you need? I was like, yeah, I'm interested. What do you need from me? And they're like, oh, well, you need to order a watch from us. And I'm like, what? You want me to promote your watch and it could be guff. I don't know what it is. <laughs> and you've you, got to buy one. What's that? And you had to buy a watch. Yeah, I was like, I have to buy the watch. And they're like, yeah, but you get a 25% discount. And I'm like, so basically I'm just buying the watch is what you're telling yeah. me. If you that- really want me to promote it, why the hell are you making me buy it's almost like like that's a sales strategy almost it's a a weird scheme right it is it is indeed god i feel like an asshole now i don't know man i mean i think you made i think you've maybe made the right call because you would show up and it's just you know there's just some dodgy characters then they're like yeah joe so you're getting ready for your nude scene and you're like what (laughs) that wasn't on direct see the thing is i'm um I think you kind of deserve to be slagged off when you start dropping in fake credits. That's where I draw the line. I hope they're not fake as well. I hope it's all legit and they're just, just really bad at wording things. Imagine that, eh? As I said, as I said, they, I mean, it's the show that won the Emmys. It's not the person. So they, they could have worked on the show as like the assistant intern to a producer. Like, so they're not technically lying, but they maybe didn't get paid for anything. Uh, and maybe they did just do like the shitty jobs of running around and you know uh, again grabbing people a coffee or, or oh th- th- this person needs a wardrobe change over here or oh you need to get the you need to tell the lighting guy this you know the guy that you send to do the jobs you know the one you send to go get the tartan paint hmm you know like, I, do technically, you technically they would hold an Emmy uh, since they worked on that show. That's true. And in California, I'm pretty sure that's where a lot of those shows are uh, are done. Ah, oh, well, yeah, but that's just Hollywood, you know? So, <laughs> so, Rich says, 10 years from now, most successful movie of all time interviewed. The guy says, true story, mate. We offered it to Joe Hendry, but he thought it was a pure joke, eh? I offered it to Joe Hendry and he told us to piss off, eh? What movie was it? Oh, it was actually the Nightwing movie. Eh? That would be the ultimate. Like that. That I'd have to laugh if this was like actually. Me, it was the wrestler too. Eh, like ended up going on to win twice as many Oscars as the first one. Aye. Basically, that's what it was. Or just. <laughs> I hope it's like. Do you ever, do you ever heard the story of uh, that Will Smith passed on the Matrix? Yeah, that'll be me, and I'll be doing like videos on my yeah. YouTube channel going. Yo, when the Wachowski brothers emailed me, uh, the grammar was all over the place, you know, like, they just, they did not put the idea across like that, you know? How crazy is that Will Smith is still kind of, like, doing pretty good for himself, despite the fact that he made a monumental, potentially life-changing error? Definitely a life-changing error, but let's be honest, when was the last time Will Smith was in a good film? Well, that's the thing, I've said this before, Will Smith is a solid 7 out of 10 actor. 
Find a film. Well, why is he in such bad films then? Well, find a film on. Find he's a great actor. He's like kind of like Nicholas Cage. Yeah, Kay. he is. He's a great actor, but he's always in shit films. Yeah. One of the biggest problems was <laughs> ah the bees. <laughs> For a while, yeah, I don't know what Nicolas Cage's problem is. It's like, dude, you're an amazing actor, but you just always pick <laughs> shit films. Why? Like, he did a... The last Nicolas Cage film I watched was Drive Angry, which had that what's-her-face in it. Uh, Amber Heard. Oh, yeah. Him and her, and the car, like, I don't know, something about a car that... I, I, I was attracted to the movie because it's like, oh, it's about cars, and it's a driving, cool car movie. Like, oh, it's beast i watched that and it was just like the car like came to life or had some like mystical powers i was like oh this is bullshit and i was like okay this is stupid and i was like why does nicholas cage continue to put on great performances in shit films will smith kind of the same right find i challenge you to find a film of will smith's on imdb that has a score higher than an eight well High- so so would 8.1 do it yeah, if you can there find There will one. be one. There must be one. The only one I can think of, the, the the only one that comes to mind is The Pursuit of Happiness. It's the only one I can think of that might do it. That was... I thought that was good. I thought it was a little overrated, to be honest. You think? Well, that's an unpopular opinion there, bro. That's a really... Uh, oh, wait, no. Sorry, sorry. I'm getting confused with the one he did, Seven Pounds. No, sorry, my bad. I- like meh, I thought it was okay, but it was like meh. Yeah. Pursuit of Happiness, the one he did with his son when his son was like yeah. really young. Have yeah. you seen that one? I That's have seen that, but it was years and years and years ago. That's a fantastic film. The problem with Will Smith is he did for the last few years he's been trying to put Jade, you know. He genuinely yeah. has. After Earth and He's just stuff. been like, I'm just all about putting the young talent over, eh? Yeah. That's my role now. Yeah, that's exactly it. He's basically like brought himself down a couple of pegs so he could put Jaden over, and Jaden just hasn't stepped up to the plate, unfortunately. You know, he does it even on talk shows, man. Like he would go on talk shows with Jaden, and have you ever seen the video where they examine why people love Will Smith but they hate Jaden Smith? Uh, I, I mean, give the kid a break. I mean, look, if I was Will Smith's son, I'd be a little asshole as well. You know what I mean? Well, not, not <laughs> but like why it's like why the hell are we so drawn to will smith as a charismatic person but we seem to be just just Jaden just tends to rob us the wrong way why? i think it's because it's the entitlement right it's like you've just been handed the throne whereas like will smith look boom boom shake shake the room people is so, is, is critical acclaim with dj yeah, jazzy jeff then goes on to the fresh prince one of the sitcoms of our generation then goes on to have a successful movie career. It's the triple threat, man. I would argue. <clears throat> would you argue that The Fresh Prince is in the top five best sitcoms of all time? I don't know if I could argue that. I, I'm not sure I could argue that, to be honest. I'm trying to think in my head, off the top of my head, what are the top five sitcoms of all time? I think it's now, hard. To, uh, this is interesting. I've been watching How I Met Your Mother recently. And that is so underrated. Like, I kind of, I don't know why. For years, I thought it was just, like, average. But we've started watching it again. It's like, this is fantastic. Yeah, I I remember, so I watched it through uh, as it happened. Like, when it was first airing, I watched it through. And I watched the, uh, I thought, I watched the finale. Now, again, no, I'm not going to put any spoilers in for the people that haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, and, I mean, it ended, like, 
Christ, it ended nearly 10 years yeah. ago. So, you know, it's kind of your own fault. Like, it's your own fault if you haven't seen it. Are you it. giving a spoiler warning right now? Should I'm, people... a, I'm not going to give spoilers. Okay, I'm not right, gonna... we're not going to spoil it. But I will say, as a fan of the show, the ending to me was disappointing. And I think what that did was it left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. Yes, yeah, so you got to finish strong. That finishing sequence. Right? Like, think, think of an average match, but with an amazing finish. Then They're just of- regarded as, as amazing matches. Dude, I'm not going to name any, but I remember watching a match between two individuals that everyone was like, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be next level. This is going to be amazing. I, I was watching it, and I was like, this sucks. This actually sucks. Like, the start of the match was awkward. It was all over the place, but the finishing it's sequence... Not- defense i was having an off day <laughs> but the finishing sequence was sensational and then it was just therefore regarded as a sensational match whereas like i think for many years i'd i'd i mean here's the thing Damo told me that in my first year he told me that straight up he was like it's all about the finishing sequences with match quality that's it he's yep. like that's what people remember i should have listened but i was actually far better at the the start of matches than the end and i think that hurt the way my matches were viewed it's taken me a long time sometimes someone will tell you something and it takes years for you to actually process it and go oh yeah i know what they mean now you know what i mean a lot of times it's also it's it's our own preconceived notions as well it's like where do we stand in terms of i mean god it's only taken it's only in the last sort of like year that i've actually been like Nobody gives a shit if I can do, you know, a million holds and reverse this and reverse that. I can Let's put it this way: like I can, as an actual pure wrestler, I'm. I, I've got. There's nobody. I believe in my head anyway. There's nobody in the world I can't hang with in terms of just pure wrestling ability. But who who cares? You know, ultimately, it's not about that. It's about you know what's depends on the crowd you're in front of. It depends if I'm in front of a bunch of seven and eight, they don't give a shit. They don't care. What they care about is, oh, what looks cool? Or, oh, that's, that slam was cool. Or, man, see when they jumped from that or when they flew up there. Or, you know what I mean? It's it, And again, my perceived notion of it was, no, 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 I need to be this great worker. And it, it held me back a long time. And so it's funny. Like I think a lot of it is just our own like, no, 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 I need to do this because eh? that's what I need to do. Yeah. Like when I, the big mistake I've always made is, and again, Finn Balor told me this right at the start of my, you know, not to drop any names or anything, but he. T- I met him in 2014, and I was just picking his brain. I must have been so annoying. The real rock and roller. That's it, mate. Um, and I asked him some advice, and he said, basically, when you go somewhere, don't change your style to suit that company. Be you. You're being brought in because of you. And I think that's the, the problem I've made several times in my career. When I've arrived somewhere, I've gone, all right, I've got to do the the yeah. ring of honor style or the world of sport like style of presentation or the icw style you know what i mean i should have just carved my own style and but here's the thing it's like re- the wrestling journey is long so it's like that's the whole point of it like to get to the top of the business it takes a long ass time and i really think about it and it's like i'm yeah i'm 32 but now we've talked about this before a wrestler's prime nowadays is like 40 you know so we got we got a long road ahead people i got time I got time. I got time. Yeah, man. I, I think it was a uh, Steve Austin said something similar as well when he went to Japan the first time in the nineties. Because he yeah, was like, "Was not Arn Anderson that was giving yeah, him advice or something?" Yeah, because he was going to work Arn on the show. And if you fi- you can find the match, I think you can find some of their matches. Man, just look up like Steve Austin versus Arn Anderson, New Japan, and you'll find it. 
uh, and it's and he goes, you know, he's like, what we're going to do? I can't work that style because at the time it was like a very junior heavyweight heavy style. And uh, Arn's like, well, dude, why did you think they brought you over? They didn't bring you over to do what they do. They brought you over to do your stuff because they like your stuff. And it's like, shit, that's right, yeah. No, see, bro. see while we're on Go this with- topic, man. Like that is one thing I do want to bring up. <clears throat> I don't know if other people get this, but see when you've kind of like maxed out on like mainstream wrestling. I think we were talking about this, but like sometimes you just go back and it's like, I'm just going to watch. All I'm going to watch is just all Japan. Nothing past 1995. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, you, do you ever do that where you just watch like very specific stuff and you're like, nah, that's all I'm watching? Uh, yeah, not so much now, but I, I definitely went through that phase a couple of years ago. I remember when I was like, when I was like, when wrestling was at the the forefront of my brain at all times, dude, the amount of rabbit holes I went down with different, uh, different, different, uh, sort of different performers, uh, different styles, different companies, dude, I can remember like on end just watching like an absolute arseload of like just shoot stuff from Germany for like weeks at one point i can remember finding again the all japan heavyweight stuff from the 90s like i went down a huge rabbit hole with that stuff uh, i was watching the junior heavyweight stuff uh, that was happening around about 2009 to 2011 from new japan like the junior heavyweight stuff i was watching an absolute shit ton of that super juniors and stuff like that i went through major rabbit holes there i'll tell you this is again a little kind of related but um the person who told me to watch All Japan was uh, Jonathan Gresham, I believe. Um, I think he might be the best technical wrestler in the world. Might be. He's, well, he's he's incredible, dude. Like, and he's been incredible for forever, you know. And it's like, I just there. You have some conversations with people that just blow your mind because they see like he's kind of like he you know, me and Jonathan Gresham could not be more different in terms of our act. And I just felt like I gained so much from talking, just talking to him. Like uh, on the Ring of Honor tours, um, sometimes you're rooming with different people. So on one, one, uh, the loops, I was in with Jonathan Gresham and it was like, it was awesome just picking his brain. Like I genuinely think that he might be one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, Sir, I I think, I mean, when I think about the top wrestlers I've faced, uh, I would say, I would say Kurt Angle. I'd say Drew Galloway. Uh, and I'm talking, see when you wrestle somebody, you just go, whoa, they're next level. Like, that's what I mean. There's like, it's just different. Kurt Angle, yeah. for sure. Uh, Drew Galloway, uh, sorry, Drew McIntyre, for sure. Now, regardless of what we think of him personally, like I'm, I'm just I'm just speaking factually here. Like I'm just purely talking in terms of a worker. Del Rio was in that category, you know? Um, yeah. Again, I'm not going to pass, I'm, you know, I'm not going to get into... That I'm talking purely in ring. I'm not saying anything else. Um, I would say so. Th- those three, I would say uh, Pete Dunn as well. I think when I wrestled Pete Dunn, I couldn't quite believe how good he was because uh, I wrestled him um, first in what culture. And when I was coming through, like you'll remember this, I, I kind of struggled a little bit because I'd only been in the business three years and I was kind of like in this, getting this push and I, the pressure was really getting to me. And so a lot of people were kind of like, I think sometimes, not not necessarily all the time, but like sometimes like when I was wrestling people, my inexperience would mean that people could almost make me look bad if they wanted to. Whereas Pete Dunne 
was one of the people who was just always cool to me. You know what I mean? Like, who was just always trying to get the best out of the match. And I feel like there was a point in... I, we wrestled each other in ICW, and we both knew that at that time... Like, again, I'd only been in three years. I just didn't have that... When it came to in-ring, I didn't have that encyclopedic knowledge that he did. So rather than trying to work against me, he was like, well... <clears throat> he kind of... I was actually wrestling him and Trent Seven on that tour, I think, that kind of... I got into that's when i started wrestling other people's style of matches so rather than trying to like impose what i was doing i was like well i'll wrestle your match and let's see how i get on and i feel like that in 2016 really accelerated my learning massively and i feel like the difference in the worker i was between 2016 and 2017 after getting to work those names was just nuts but sorry to come back around i'd put gresham in that list gresham i think my match with him is what got me my job at Ring of Honor. We had, and I'll be quite honest, uh, again, I didn't have, I had a match with Silas Young in Edinburgh, and it was one of the best matches of my career. Hometown crowd, it was just, the atmosphere was amazing. I was like, oh my God, it couldn't have gone better, right? Um, And then uh, I had, so the next tour, I wrestled um, Hangman Page, and I was in a four-way, and I just don't think I gave my best, you know what I mean? And I was so gutted because I was like, man, two out of three matches, I've just not, I've not displayed what I needed to display, and I was so downtrodden, and I told Gresham about it. I was wrestling him in York Hall, I mean him were on first, and I swear to God, Dave, there was one bump in the match. One. This is a ring of honour, where you're expecting it to be, you know, a high quote-unquote work rate match there was one bump in the entire match and it was a high knee when i gave uh when i gave gresham the high knee that was it that was the only bump in the entire match and it was one of the best matches i've ever had and again it was so mind expanding because it was about having that match just taught me about how to approach wrestling in a completely different way. And it's really taught me that if you have a style of wrestling, if you believe in it 100%, even if people aren't on board with it right away, people will get on board with it. And you saw that with like Kenny Omega, for example. He just had a certain belief of this is how wrestling should be. The Young Bucks had a belief of this is how wrestling should be. And Jonathan Gresham has a, a viewpoint of this is how wrestling should be. And I think that his version of what wrestling should be is phenomenal personally there you go yeah that was a rant for me <laughs> yeah i think you made the biggest jump in that like in that 2016 kind of period i think when you started working the bigger names and you start like that's the thing i kind of yeah i definitely I, I would definitely say i envy the position that you were put in because it's it's one of those things that I've always wanted to explore. I've always liked the idea of... I don't think I've ever been given an opportunity to be put in the deep end. Do you know what I mean? Well, like what, was, what was wrestling Matt Riddle like? It was it was different. It was different because it was, it was more so wrestling his kind of style. Yeah. And that was one of the... There was... Le- and it, it, I'm not... It was less of a. The problem was my mindset at the time wasn't right because it wasn't in a good place because it was more of a. It was less of a. Oh, thank you for the opportunity, and more of a. 
yeah, well, it's about fucking time. You know what I mean? Oh, damn it, I just used the F word. But you know what I mean? No, you're it allowed to more... use the F word sparingly. Oh, okay. It was more of a, it was more of a, it was more of a, like, you know, hell yeah, This it's about time, you know? Uh, but I sometimes felt... I wish I could be like that. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. People who become stars have to believe they're stars before they become stars. You know what I mean? My issue, my issue was I watched the match back, and as much as it's a great match, uh, I'm not as happy with it as I could have been. I felt like I, I didn't. Ma- I'd like to work him now, or I'd like to work someone with a similar skill set to him now, knowing what I know now and having a lot more of an expanded move set when it comes to yeah. amateur wrestling. Like what people don't realize is, even though, and this is where again I put Matt Riddle over massively, is because again. Like I was, you know, we we t- he we talked about how like we both had amateur backgrounds at the time. Uh, obviously, he has a very prolific amateur uh, background and a background. Uh, for me, I'm I'm sitting there, you know, putting over my amateur background. But at the time, I hadn't had a competition. I was a week out from my first competition at the time. So again, I was an you know, I was an average amateur wrestler at best. You know what I mean? So now I feel like it would be a way better match with him or someone with his skill set now. So I look back at the match and I definitely cringe at some of the stuff I did. Um, but we all do that, man. We all do that. Like, yeah, I wish I kind of see, pushed Dave, my a little bit this, harder. This is the thing about wrestling, though. Like, the reason I wasn't successful in music is I was always trying to make stuff perfect before I put it out there. The yeah. thing about wrestling is once it's done, it's done and it's out there. If that wasn't the case with wrestling, like, see, if you, well, I guess now with cinematic matches, you can do it over and over again, which I'm like, ah, you know, that's probably not what would help me because I'm a, too much of a perfectionist. I need an art form that you just put out there and it's done. And the thing is, I think what would be great for people to realize is it's like, if you listen to this, do a particular creative pursuit, rather than trying to make something perfect, chase excellence. But sell for great. If it's great, put it out. If it's just good, make it great and then get it out there. But chase excellence. You'll never get perfection. But if you get the experience of putting stuff out, creating content, doing stuff, in our case, having wrestling matches, you're just only going to get better. Whereas if you keep obsessing over, like, for example, with me, it was music. And it was, oh, this has got to be perfect. It's not going to come. Something's only come the experience. So actually, Dave, I think that match combined with what you've learned in your life moving forward maybe is the formula for how you would approach the next opportunity you know yeah i i definitely i wish i'd uh i wish i'd maybe i'd i I don't know i wish i'd taken more of a i wish i tried to take more of a of a lead i don't think i stepped up as much as i could have like again really because See, again, me personally, if I was in that situation, I'd be interested to wrestle his style of match rather than take the lead. Well, not take a lead, but just I wish I had... I, I don't know. I, it was weird. I just... I remember just... I, I'll, I'll put it this way. Like, I, I, I fondly remember the match, and I remember feeling amazing for about... I remember... I'll be honest. I'm going to be honest, actually. I'll be totally honest. I remember feeling absolutely amazing and, and feeling on cloud nine after that match for about 10 minutes. Okay. Because after it, let's I not got, name any names, but you know, I'll name no names. I and mean, again, you might remember this, but I can remember in the locker room being pulled up by a veteran, you know, uh, a veteran, someone who uh, you know has influence, someone who who uh, you know ha- has influence, and basically just giving me a complete breakdown of everything I did wrong and everything I could have done better in that match. And I just remember being feeling amazing about it 
for about until that and then I just mm. and it's that situation where the position I was in at the time I wasn't in a position to sort of go I don't I don't need to hear this right now I can I can hear this later I don't need to hear it now yeah you know I mean the thing and, is like we all we all need feedback and that's something that yeah. I've been bad at is not like I, I didn't ask for feedback enough because I gotta be honest with you I, there's only been a few matches a few ever that I can look back and go yeah I'm really happy with that like I'm, I'm never happy with my matches, you know. So it's like the reason I didn't ask for feedback for so often wasn't because I was arrogant. It was because I was like, well, I know, it was, I know, I, I messed up, you know. Like so, it's that sort of thing. But like, do you think you would approach that differently now, or would you have a different mindset, or would you have gone, listen, let me celebrate it, and then let's let's talk about what I could have done better? Yeah, one hundred percent. Because I think that it was definitely a. I don't know. I feel like it was just one of those things where uh, it, it's the same. It was that same routine of kind of like, and if you remember, it was the same routine of, of kind of like, oh yeah, Dave can go. And then after that, it was like, you know, on the next show, if I remember, I was doing some kind of yeah. like odd kind of match on the very low on the card where, and I'm not putting anybody down, but it was just kind of like, I went from that to almost like not doing anything after. And I was just kind of like, oh yeah, that was, I was kind of, I was kind of, a little bit um yeah i would definitely approach it with a different mindset like i'll tell you what like I've, to this day you know again there's all these there's different silly things on the internet we're like you know talking about different performers but to the to the to the end of degree i will always talk about how cool matt riddle was to me because he had no reason to to give me half the stuff he gave me in that match he had no reason to put me over the way he did you know uh he no reason because who am I? I'm a nobody, you know? He doesn't know who I am and, and that sort of stuff. But he comes into town and he's like, nah, bro, you've got this, uh, you've got an amateur background, you're a big guy, let's do this. And it's like, you know, he's like listening to my ideas and listening to things that are coming up to my brain and, I was, and uh, ideas that I'd had. And he was like, oh, man, that's awesome. And I was like, that's, that's, that's cool, you know? It was cool to have that. It was cool to have a moment where, and I haven't had a lot of them it sounds arrogant it's going to sound arrogant but the way you're talking where you're saying oh you know i, I felt out my depth and i kind of was wrestling well, not out your depth but you know what i mean like you there was a lot of pressure on you and you're wrestling big names kurt angle del rio uh i think cody rhodes drew mcintyre all these guys these big names that you were working with that you can ask for advice and then look to and kind of you know guys like jonathan gresham and stuff where you almost are able to look to them as almost mentor figures and go, what could I do with this? What could I do with that? I feel. Like I will I jump in and say, I do think Cody's next level as well. Um, I just, I wrestled him in a multi-man, so I didn't get the same sort of one-on-one -on -one experience, but I think he's one of the best for sure. For me, I don't feel like I've, I've had that. Like the only, the, the, like, I don't feel like I've ever had, I, I feel like I've had those opportunities, but it's like they've become, I don't know what it is. It's just weird. It's just a very weird. It's, it's a hard. It's hard to, to put into words what I'm trying to basically articulate. If that yeah. makes sense. Well, I think but, the the tough thing is, it's like the business really now, especially now in lockdown. You know, whether this is what I'm kind of saying to my trainees, and I hate saying it because it's just it is unfortunately the case. But it's like, look, we're in lockdown. Shows aren't on right now. You're not really a wrestler right now. You're an online personality, and you're going to be judged by your ability to make viral videos. And I wish that wasn't the case, but unfortunately, that is just how you get over these days. 
there are yes there are some people that can go you know take a longer route and do kind of you know these super high quality matches over a very long period of time and total respect to those who do it there are some people and I'll, I'll use Daniel Bryan as the key example I think he is our generation's Shawn Michaels and I'll tell you why because Daniel Bryan through whether it was Ring of Honor whether it was WWE whether it was the Indies whatever it was Daniel Bryan has got over in just about every match I've ever seen him have anywhere in front of any audience. And that goes from like the peak of Ring of Honor to, and when I say the peak, I don't mean like the, the peak in terms of time. I mean the peak at like his position as champion in the company. But also, if you look at his debut on what was then NXT against Chris Jericho, that's one of my favorite matches ever. And that was his debut match. And he, I remember watching a promo of him and he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to main event WrestleMania. And I remember thinking at the time, well, aye, mate. You know, because I was just, I was young. I didn't I didn't get it. I didn't know enough about what he'd done. I hadn't seen enough of him. I, I was just being a fanny, you know? But then to, to actually put that out there like that, and he just casually said he was going to do that. And somehow, no matter what situation he was put in, like, for example, even, like, Team Hell No and stuff like that, got himself over in ring, ev in front of every audience. There's, I can't think of anyone better that was able to read an audience and adapt. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think he's, uh, it's funny, man, it's funny. I think Daniel Bryan, he's, I think he's both, he is definitely, this is going to sound crazy, but I definitely think he's underrated, but not for the reasons that people think. People will go, I but no, Daniel Bryan does get uh, a lot of praise for his ability, but I don't think that's what he's underrated for. I think he's underrated for things that, again, I think that it, it sounds like I'm, it sounds like I'm built on being a gatekeeper, but like we're talking earlier about great workers, right? And there's there's a difference between what you see and what you feel. And you'd never really know how good someone is until you're in there with them. And then True. because there's a huge difference between someone that matches right or someone that can make a great match versus someone that you go in there with and you just know you know no matter what the hell happens you know no matter no matter where things go or what goes on uh you know they're going to be there for you you know they're going to have you and that's the difference it's like if i say like hey i'm in there with joe hendry and i need joe hendry to be on the top rope right now so i can go over and get him with this flying enziguri i know having worked with you in the past and having have that experience i know you'll be there I don't have to sit and think, is Joe going to be there when I need him to be there? I know you'll be there. You know what I mean? Is Joe going to drop me on my freaking head when he picks me up for this move? No. I don't need to I don't need to worry about that because I know you're going to be there. I know I can trust you. And that's the difference. That's where a lot of people don't – a lot of fans particularly don't understand what that means. It's like being a worker is, is slightly different from a wrestler's point of view to a fan's point of view. To a fan's it's point true because it's, it's like, again, mentioning no names, but to a fan – if you just walk up to someone and punch them in the face as hard as you can, if you did that or kick them in the face as hard as you can or close them in the face as hard as you can, you will get over because that looks cool. But you'll also yep. crush everyone that you face. And that does happen in the industry. There are people in the industry who hurt people and don't care, you know? Yep. But I agree. And that's, it. That's, that's the difference. It's the difference. And I think Daniel Bryan's a guy that he was long before his time long before he was really one of the first guys to, to 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 come in and really change the business in a very subtle way like i think 
people don't realize it now, but if you actually look back when he first came into WWE, when he was the stuff he was doing in Ring of Honor, it was the sort of stuff that we see now that's yeah. getting like over. And he was doing that type of stuff years ago, you know. Uh, and it, and he was really one of the first guys. And this is a guy that. I like the Daniel Bryan story because it's an absolute middle finger story to everybody. Because I guarantee you, you weren't the only one that was like, I he'll main event mania, okay. I bet, but again, I bet you every single person that he dealt with around that time, other than the people that were really close to him and really knew him, I bet you almost everybody was like, I away you go. And I just love the fact that the big giant middle finger of like, yep. he got so over, he got so good that people were hijacking the shows Fans were hijacking the shows so that they would force him into the WrestleMania main Well, event. do you remember around that time, people were doing the yes at, like, American football games and basketball yep. games. At, you know what I mean? Sports events. It was like, what? Yep. It's crazy. Dude, he transcended, for a very brief yes. time, transcended entertainment. Yeah. Sports and entertainment. He became a breakout star across multiple uh, different uh, facets of entertainment and multiple different facets of sports. For a guy like Daniel Bryan, who's not it's not like Hulk Hogan back in the day who was six foot six, three hundred pounds, jacked up, tanned, bright blonde hair, bright yellow and red. Daniel Bryan is probably five foot eight, hundred and ninety pounds very regular, understated-looking dudes. Doesn't scream and shout in promos. Doesn't do Canadian destroyers and Ganzo bombs and Frankensteiners. Just a very nose-to-the-grindstone, hard-working guy that puts every single bit of himself into everything he did. And for a guy like him to transcend, it really opened up the industry for what we see today, which is no longer do you have to be a certain archetype to be successful in the business or not just be successful, but be a top guy. It I think be- I think punk had a lot to do with that as well, personally. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. Punk definitely had a lot to do with I that. Think I think he started the process. Like, It's interesting, like, you know when punk just got to that point where he's like, I just don't care. I don't care, so I'm going to say it. And that's when he got over the most. It's the same. I've kind of found that. It's like, see, like, this is obviously, like, I'm just now taking that as the grand example and then relating it to my own experience. See when you just stop caring and you're like, let's just have fun. That's when stuff really works as well. And it's, it's you can care too much sometimes. And then, because I've had situations like that where, like, with Ring of Honor, like, for example, I was like, you know, all I wanted was just, I've just got to get over it, I've got to get over it. And then, like, you know, and when it, it stopped being, like, a need to get over and more just like you know what with me and Dalton rather than thinking about oh well this is going to go this direction or this and we're going to be singles wrestlers whatever you know what they want us to be a tag team let's be the best damn tag team we can and let's have a laugh you know that's the easiest way I'll tell you from experience that that's the easiest way to get over as a tag team just have a laugh that's the easiest way to get over because if you look back at the the stuff uh, that I did when I was in a tag team wasn't spectacular most of our match, honest to God, most of our matches was, most of our matches was, uh, yeah, you're going to work this guy and this guy. They're massive baby faces, so you're basically just going to bump and feed for everything they do. I'll be like, okay, that was it. I'm not joking. Uh, that was mostly what we did. But when we first went into somewhere like ICW, we were over on our first night. Nobody had ever seen us in ICW before. Like we hadn't been in ICW before, and we entered as a part of a crazy tag teams battle royal or some weird thing. Uh, and for some reason, we were over. Like, we already had people chanting who we were. And it's because 
when we did segments or we did promos or vignettes or anything in our own time, we weren't really pushed for getting over in, in, in a way because we were kind of like, oh, well, this is just the system that we're in. It yeah. was more so, well, that'd be funny. Yeah. And it was, I- do it was it's an easy dynamic because obviously you've got you know the, the the differences between him and i were so were so grandiose that it was easy to play off of each other easily well that's like again me and dalton have got a really similar thing we just dropped uh, an episode of his show dalton uh, dalton's castle uh you know took a long time to come up with that title <laughs> but um and we've got like a really fun dynamic and it's like we're just filming stuff on zoom and skype and just sending stuff back and forth and it's like it's a laugh and it's weird like he he loves the american office whereas i love the british office and to be honest with you i used to have no time for that style of comedy but then he'll just drop lines that i'm not expecting and i just i've got a totally different sense of humor so sometimes he'll say things that make me genuinely laugh in promos you know yeah that's it man i think I would like to. I would definitely like to be in an environment where I can bring. I can. I'd like to be in an environment again where I can. I, I could bring down the 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 shield. You know, I'd like to Just be in an environment. Life. When you're a trainee, you you know you don't have a shield because you are trying to sponge up everything you can from everybody. You're yeah. everybody everybody can teach you everything right and you're just happy to be there but as you get more experienced and as you become a little bit uh, as a little bit more experienced and as you learn more about yourself and as your style then you start to get a little bit better and you start to get a little bit better people start you know people start interfering in things they start pushing that their agenda they start pushing their thing like i said i go out and i you know i, I wouldn't say i tore the house down but you know I, I went out and had a really good match with matt riddle uh and and I'm feeling great and I get backstage and the first thing I'm greeted with is a 30 minute lecture about everything I did wrong. And it's like, thanks dude. Thanks for literally taking me off cloud nine. The the, the one cloud nine I'd had in a long time. And it's just, it, it just, it just it infects your view on things. It infects your, cause you don't want to go to that person anymore for advice. You don't want to go to that person as a mentor, because if you do, they're just, it, it just ruins things for you. It's not positive or negative in any way. It's not advice. It's more, well, I would have done it this way and I would have done it that way. And it's like, well, you didn't wrestle the match. I did. Yeah, you know? but you know what? If you let stuff like, this is one of the things about being a wrestler is you've got to learn to listen to everybody and then just discard the stuff you don't want. Just be like, smile on your face. Just, I know it's easy to say, don't let it bother you, but I think it's something you need to learn to do. It was more so the pub, the way it was done almost yeah. public. Well, we won't get I mean, into that. We won't. I don't want to get yeah, into, you know, another. Because, yeah, because then it becomes a case of me having to then stand my ground and prove, then become this, oh, I need to prove I'm this, or I need to prove I'm that. Whereas I haven't been able to really take down that shield and go, oh, I want to know, I want to learn from you as a person to someone else. You know, I haven't been able, I haven't really been in an environment where I can go up to someone and go, hey, can you watch this and can you tell me what I'll, you genuinely think of this and be able to trust them in a way that I know they're not going to try and I'll tell you, mess. I'll, I'll tell you what Drew was that Drew and I've said this before yeah, I wish I'd worked him man yeah. I really wish one of the guys I really wish that I was in a position to have worked him at some point when he was here Drew was <laughs> he was the undertaker of the UK wrestling scene yeah, him and Finn Balor are the two that because Finn Balor used to be here quite a lot before he got signed to WWE, mm-hmm. and you know he did a lot of training stuff. And, he cared. And he, he genuinely cares about like not only people's careers and helping them make the right decisions, but 
um, about pass, passing on knowledge. He's just a great guy. He is a great guy. He's a great remember, guy. Great guy. I remember you telling me about that, about Drew. You told me that he's that knowing my style and knowing how I like to work. You told me that Drew would honestly be one of the best opponents for me to ever work. And I really wish I'd had the opportunity. I think he's. he's I think the thing about Drew is he would go and have an absolute classic with Will Osprey, and then he'll go and tear the house down with you know cody or, or whoever you know what i mean it didn't matter what opponent it was like what size they were again you get a high flyer or or he can go in there with brock lesnar and be a physical specimen you know what i mean like yeah. go, like he could go and have a good match with anybody a great match with anybody he's he's the best you know and uh it's is it, it's uh it's not often like he was a leader like you know let's again let's not get into details but the british wrestling scene it's not always the cleanest of environments you know what i mean it's like it's uh it, it can be a kind of dark industry at times whereas i feel that drew was a beacon of light in that you know what i mean drew was held himself and he, this is the other thing he held others to his standard like he told me straight up he was like listen he was like he said what a talent you are but you're you're gonna need to get aggressive because if you're going to wrestle me, you better be bringing it because I'll be bringing it, you know? And it was like, and he forced me to get better. He forced me to get better because if you don't try and hold your own with Drew, he's going to eat you alive and rightfully so. You know what I mean? You better hit for hit. You've got to be there and you've got to raise your game. And working Drew, I maybe worked him, I worked him in ICW in a tag match, but I worked him in what culture maybe like, we worked for a couple of months, like a, a, a extended program, maybe worked like four times, something like that. And I was just, again, I wrestled Angle. Then I had these like back to back to back matches with Drew or they were around the same time. And I just came out at a different person. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can. It's weird, man, because I feel like I thrive in that kind of environment. It, those environments where it's sink or swim. Because with amateur wrestling, I've done that. You know, I've done that. I always, I've always said, I always rise to the. I, I will always, at some point, at some point, I will rise to the top of every room I'm in. You know, and it starts with like the small MMA gym where you go and you're doing a wee bit of grappling and mucking about. Sooner or later, you rise to the top of that room, and then you move on to like the Edinburgh Club or the Trist Club, and these are now bigger club level places. Then you know you get the shout to go to the national squad, and it's like, right, I'm getting eaten alive by these national guys. These Scottish national guys are kicking my ass up and down the place, you know. And it, but it's like I have to step up, you know. You go in, you get your ass whipped, you get you get humbled every day, and it's you keep going back, and you just keep getting better, getting better, getting better to the point where now I'm very comfortable in that environment. Then you get the shout to go down with the British guys. And these are the top guys in Britain. They're pulling guys in from like Malta, Iran, uh, Bulgaria. We've, I've trimmed like guys from Dagestan. And these guys are all absolute monsters. And you're again, you oh, go yeah. down, you think you're good. You're like, oh, but I'm on the Scottish national team. You know what I mean? And you go down and you wrestle on these Dagestani guys and they kick the shit at you. You get whooped and shit you don't even see coming. You know, like, but one minute you're standing there neutral, the next minute they're on you, and you're you're done. It's like, what the hell happened there? And it's that same thing where I'll keep going back for that. I'll keep going back for that. You know, I have no issue being out in the ring with somebody that is way better than me. You know, that I can't keep up with. I I I I love being in those environments where I'm tested to to keep up. And it's I feel I just feel like it's been a long. I've I've had a couple of them. I've had a couple of them. But I just feel like it, I feel I, I'm curious what difference it would make to I, have 
like that where you wrestle those top names and all of a sudden you come out a different guy. You know? It's interesting it's interesting you say that because before the show that got cancelled when the plane landed in Vegas, it was meant to be me and Dalton versus the Briscoes. And we'd wrestled the Briscoes in a multi man and we pinned the Bris uh, we we pinned um so we pinned the other team, we pinned uh, PJ Black and Brian Johnson, but we won against the Briscoes and then so we were gonna get our uh, our tag team match not in a multi-man but just us versus the briscoes and again i felt because the thing is i'd always been resistant to being a tag team wrestler and then i was like you know what let's do it let's effing do it and then we were set to face the briscoes and i was like let's let's go get it because they're gonna bring it let's bring it and then it got yep. cancelled it was just like uh like don't get me wrong though ring of honor did the totally right thing i'm just uh i, I just hope i get to wrestle him that i think that for me for tag team wrestling that's what i want to get my teeth uh sunk into but also i will say again we got the chance to wrestle um lethal in gresham and that was so much fun absolutely loved it but dave i'm going to uh i'm going to say we're probably going to have to uh to to round this off we're at one minute tw uh, one hour 20 man 80 minutes oh, wow. Dude, we've, been, we've been rocking and rolling. Been rocking and rolling. Um, I want to say hello to our new viewers who just joined us uh, in the in a raid on Twitch. Thank you for for stopping in and whoever did the raid there. Oh, Paraflow DE as always supporting the the podcast. Much appreciate, Dave. What anything you want to say before you go? Any social media stuff? Uh, yeah, you can catch me on social media at uh, Dave Conrad UK on all of them: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, hear my thoughts on multiple silly things awesome there you go all right folks um you catch me the usual at joe hendry tiktok joe hendry one uh, but go watch my youtube if you've not subscribed to my youtube um please do go and subscribe to it i would really appreciate it um really trying to get those numbers up every day and it ain't budging well, it is budging, but um, ever so slightly. But um, great to see some old faces as well. Not old faces. By old faces, don't mean actually old. I just mean that have appeared in the stream. We've been missing you. So we're going to try and do twice a week with probably a video game stream on the Monday or Tuesday and then doing this kind of a little later on in the week. But I uh, want to thank Dave for giving up his time during uh, lockdown. want to thank you for dropping in. And we'll see you soon. Thank you, folks. See you next time. Bye-bye.